Susan Schaefer is speaking the word of the Lord to us today. So take it over, Susan. Thank you, Ken. Good morning, everyone. Um, we're going to have some fun today putting a puzzle together and finding some surprises along the way. But first, I want to talk about the power of meaning. Um, this past year, I read a book by that title. It's called The Power of Meaning, Finding Fulfillment in a World Obsessed with Happiness, and it's by Emily Esfahani Smith. And she writes about four pillars of meaning, belonging, purpose, storytelling, and transcendence. She says, um, a defining feature of a meaningful life is connecting and contributing to something beyond the self, and that meaning can protect us against the damages of stress, which I think we could all use some protection against stress every now and then, um, especially this last year. Um, so humans are meaning makers. We're continually on the lookout for significance and purpose in our surroundings. Constructivism is a theory in psychology that says we are active participants in creating our lives and make meaning to determine our life path. And we express these connections through metaphors and similes, through music and poetry, with scientific experiments and mathematical equations. We're just always looking for better and better ways to make sense of our world through our experiences. What might seem mundane and ordinary can be transformed into something really special and significant through this meaning-making process. So I want to give an example. When I play fetch with Mac, our black lab, it's impossible to get a ball away from him. This is a gross, well-used tennis ball that he loves very much. I will tug and tug. If he has this in his mouth, he will just not let go. Sometimes I try to wait him out, see if he drops it. He still doesn't let it go. And I'm sure like dog trainers know how to solve this problem differently than I do. But the easiest way for me to get him to drop the ball is to show him an identical well-used tennis ball. <laughs> and he forgets about what he already has and he just wants what I have. So he drops that ball. He's just really excited about the ball that I have. And this reminded me um, of some some lyrics from Sheryl Crow's song, Soak Up the Sun, where she says, it's not having what you want, it's wanting what you've got. So there you go. With a simple game of fetch and a few lines from a song, we could talk about my medic desire and the 10th commandment and all sorts of deep, meaningful things. Of course, to Mac, it's just all pure joy. He's just thrilled we're spending time together and doing something he loves. But I can take that experience and apply it in a lot of different ways to my own life and make some meaning out of something that's very ordinary, part of my everyday life. But our focus isn't on fetch today, but I just always take a chance to talk about my dog anytime I can. Um, Jesus taught us in this, teaches us in this hands-on way, um, using flowers, farmers, sheep, or seeds to give multiple pictures of what God is inviting us into. These are all examples that his listeners knew well and lived with in their everyday ordinary lives as well. So this meaning-making mechanism stirred up in me over this last year while I would do a very popular pandemic activity, which was putting together puzzles. 
Any other puzzlers here on Zoom today? I'm sure that some of you have also done some puzzles this year. Um, I wanted to share some insights I discovered along the way from the very beginning when I open the box and pour out the pieces to the very end when it all fits together. So we start with this, right? Just a lot of pieces. And we begin to make some order out of chaos. We're separating the ed edge pieces from the inside pieces. That's usually my go-to first move and just turning them all over just to see what they even are. Um, and this process reminds me of the Genesis creation poem. God separating the light for the day and the dark for the night. Um, the water separate from the sky and the sea from the land. Um, this is a necessary starting point for this creation process of puzzling, but it's just the beginning. What really helps me in this first stage is finding the corner pieces. Just one second. Um, I had to tell Noah to do something real quick. Okay, so what really helps me in this first stage is finding the four corner pieces. Just four pieces that set the frame for it all to come together. This reminds me of the idea of the cornerstone in scripture, which is part of the reading that Mary read for us today. Um, talking about Christ as the cornerstone in whom everything fits together. And Paul is making his own connections here in his letter to the Ephesians. He's making new meaning when he connects an idea from the scriptures he knew well to his experience and understanding of Christ. For his writing here um, that we read earlier echoes Isaiah where it says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. And elsewhere in Colossians, this idea is said in a different way. Um, it says, in Christ, um, all things are created, and in Christ, all things hold together. Or Christ is before all things, and in Christ, all things hold together. So this has been a really comforting idea for me ever since I was little. The idea of being held by God, being held together by love, um, is somewhat of an anchor for my life. That through all the ups and downs, I'm still held together in love. So here we're finding scripture in this puzzle, and we've only gotten to the first four pieces. <laughs> so I continue on with the puzzle, and I've, I've now separated the edge pieces and the inside pieces and making my frame, help, getting help from those cornerstone pieces. Um, and now I notice that this simple strategy of separating pieces into categories isn't going to carry me much further. It was helpful, but it has limitations. After all, the whole purpose is to have them all come back together again. So at some point, I switch gears from breaking down and separating to putting back together and integrating. And now I need to look deeper. I need to look at the unique differences in each piece. Um, judging a piece too quickly or overlooking it may mean that I miss the slight variances in color and the nuances in the texture and the small differences in the fit. 
there's been times when I place a piece really early on, quite certainly. I decided that it goes there and it seems to fit well enough. And once I've made that choice, it's really hard to go back and change it and to see it in a different way and to have a fresh perception on that piece. And the fit may have seemed right, but then continuing on, nothing else seems to work around it. And you just, it doesn't seem to be um, working um, further on. So then when the real fit comes along and I, I actually admit that I was wrong and I'm willing to remove the piece and try something else, then it's like, oh, of course, right? Like this piece is supposed to go here. It fits so snugly and it's perfect and everything works around it. But how often have I tried to force something to fit in my life where it just does not? And how much struggle and headache is caused by my refusal to hold things um, just with a looser grip. I just refuse to do that sometimes and um, not let them go where they're meant to be. So that's a good lesson that I have learned through puzzling. Um, further along, at some point, I usually look at how many pieces I have left and how much there is to go. And I'm like, I am missing a piece here. There is no way that 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 I you know that I have all the pieces, and I start to wonder: Did I lose the piece? Did it come without a piece? Like, should I be calling the manufacturer here? Did the dog eat the piece? Um, and most of the time, it ends up that they were all there, and that my preemptive thoughts about blame for this unfinished puzzle are totally unnecessary. But sometimes I have to sweep the floor lay down on my stomach and search for a lost piece. Because I do puzzles right here on my dining room table where all of our life happens around it. So there's a good chance that a piece is going to fall on the ground. Um, but when I find that piece, I feel like the woman with her lost coin that Jesus talks about. I say to the kids, rejoice with me. I have found my lost puzzle piece. Um, of course, there are times when I finish without all the pieces especially since most of the puzzles I do are not brand new. So they're well used, and sometimes that means not complete. So I learned the lesson of being content without the feeling of completeness. And so often we try to fill those parts of our lives that feel lacking or incomplete, when maybe sometimes we'd do better to just sit with it and see the beauty of what is, to just find peace with that lack. Um, often in order to move forward in the puzzle, it's helpful to look at the picture on the box. Here's a very fun puzzle that I did this year. Again, with the black lab, I'm a little obsessed. Um, so to get a closer look at the details and to really see what I'm going for, maybe I, I take a piece and I, and I look at where it might fit best on, um, by looking at the box. And in my life, I have appreciated having people around me who are examples of what I'd like to create. And in different seasons, in different places, I've had different teachers that I've learned from who helped me on my own journey. My friend Sharon is one of those people. From 2015 to 2017, we shared a little office together working for a SNAP-Ed program as community educators in our county's extension office. And if we both backed up at the same time, we would have crashed our chairs together. That's how close we were. 
And I just got so lucky to have her as a work friend because you really can't choose your work, your work friends most of the time. So I just got really, really lucky. Um, before this job, she had spent over 20 years working as a dietitian in hospice care. And that experience gave her a really unique perspective on life that I learned a lot from. She had a non-anxious presence. She never sweat the small stuff. And she was a lifelong learner. And she had a close connection to the earth and to food. And she taught me in the way that she approached challenges and setbacks. She always had a listening ear without judgment or unsolicited advice, although many times I did ask her for advice. So like the puzzle box, I, if I look a little closer at the details of her life, little things like I notice she's not attached to her phone at all. <laughs> I'm like, maybe that would be something that I could incorporate to help me be more present and non-anxious with having that, you know, just non-attachment to, to this um, little world inside of our hands. Um, or I also noticed that when I tell her something, my coworkers don't know about it, which is unusual sometimes in a small office. Sometimes when I tell other people something, somehow everyone else knows about it somehow, huh? Um, so that really made me feel safe with her, knowing that she respected my words and she respected my story. And then now as I go through my relationships, I think I want to be that person for other people. Um, and I want to um, give people that, that same respect and um, dignity when they share their story with me. So wherever we've moved and whatever communities we've been a part of, there's been teachers some older than me, some my age, some much younger than me. I mean, the kids that I have known from substitute teaching and our awesome Blue Ocean kids, those are all great teachers. And creativity and empathy and joy, so much joy, as you saw in our pictures today, too. Um, so like the picture on the box of a puzzle, these teachers give me a little picture into what life can be, and they encourage me as I continue to put pieces together to create my own story. At the end, with the finished puzzle in front of me, there's a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction, remembering how far I've progressed and what those pieces looked like when they were all just poured out of the box at the beginning. And I might wanna show it to Kevin and the kids but of course, to them, it's just a puzzle. Um, they might say, good job, you did it, you finished it. Um, but to me, it's the hours of the focus and the patience and the persistence. It was my choice to give my time and attention to it. That's what makes it meaningful. Just like the few plants that I have outside in our humble garden boxes that we, that we managed to start this year. Um, my friend Jess Longton is an expert gardener and she helped me um, make these garden boxes come true. Because when we started, they were filled with weeds and um, they were just not ready to, to do anything with. But after hours of weeding those raised beds, and then we had to dig out the dirt and lay down cardboard and put all the dirt back in. And then for you know a month now, I've just been faithfully watering the plants, um, you know, maybe 10 plants are, are planted in these two boxes that I have, not very much. Um, 
And really, as a result, I've only so far been able to pick a few leaves of lettuce off of the plants. Nothing else has has grown big enough to pick yet. I do have some little peppers and a little zucchini that are growing. But I love these little plants and I have chosen to care for them. And in that choice, I've placed meaning on them. Um, our ability to choose what we give our efforts to and the intention that we give it with can determine if we find it meaningful or meaningless. The results are less important. Just like with my puzzle, it doesn't take long before I'm ready to just break it up and put it back in the box so that we can have our dining table back and start making supper. Because the joy was in the process, not the destination. The creation and the struggle and the figuring out, that's the stuff. It's why answers aren't as exciting as good questions. And it's why we're not given the end results in our lives, but are invited to live by faith, step by step, piece by piece, trusting in the process, trusting in the goodness, trusting that we are being held together with love. So now we're going to move into a time of meditation and we're going to do some rectangle breathing um, in, the, in the spirit of a puzzle. So if you want to imagine a puzzle in front of you in your mind's eye, um, that's maybe the shape of a rectangle. Um, we're going to breathe in as we move up the side of the rectangle. And then we're going to hold our breath as we move across. And then we're going to breathe out as we move down. And then we'll hold our breath over and we'll repeat the process. Um, and as we move from the, from the different corners, we can kind of imagine those strong corners as cornerstones and focus on the feeling of Christ holding it all together. So as we breathe in, um, I'll invite you to say in your heart, I am held in Christ or I am held in love. And then as we breathe out, we could say one of those things as well. So um, let's just take some time to get comfortable and we'll focus in on our breath and go around that puzzle a few times there. And now we'll move into our time of candle lighting.